Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my name's Stuart Miles and welcome to the Pocket Lint Podcast. Space tourism is finally here following the first paying passenger being launched into space this week aboard Blue Origin's new Shepard space rocket alongside Jeff Bezos. But what does it mean for the likes of you and me? And should we be disgusted or delighted the industry is taking off? Ocalin's editor, Chris Hall, is here to discuss the event. Meanwhile, I've been talking to Ring's Managing Director for Europe, Dave Ward, about the smart doorbell company and what's in store for the future. And Pocketlint's Cam Bunton has been testing the new OnePlus Nord 2 smartphone, the company's latest device, to see whether it's got what it takes to be your next phone. Keep listening to find out. But first, back to you, Chris. Tell us more. Yes, there was a time when space was out of everybody's reach. If you wanted to go to space, you had to be part of a government space program. And we've all seen these images for many, many years of NASA and, you know, all of those all of those projects going to the moon and going into space and putting up the space station. And things have now changed quite a lot. And we seem to have moved from NASA's the only way to get to space or, you know, a Chinese space agency or other space agencies, the only way to get into space to mm. the private route into space instead. Now, this has been rumbling on for some time. and there have be, really been three players that have brought this sort of into the real world, if you like. Yeah. Um, Elon Musk and SpaceX has been playing around for quite some time with space exploration. Um, we know that they have done great things with SpaceX, to have been working with people like NASA to, to take things up to the International Space Station. Then we have Richard Branson, who has been working on his Virgin Galactic project for many years, having tried to do all sorts of things with balloons over the past few decades. He's now moved on to getting into space and Virgin Galactic made it uh, in the last couple of weeks. And finally, we have um, Jeff Bezos, the Amazon founder, who has also managed to make it into space. He blasted himself, as you said in your introduction, up into uh, the upper atmosphere. And all of these things have aligned strangely around the middle of, of 2021 to suddenly open a door into commercial space trips. If you want to go to space or if I want to go to space, we can call up the money. I don't know how you do it. Sell your house, maybe. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of houses. I mean, that's, the, <laughs> that's one of the things, isn't it? This, this is, it's not cheap to go into space. No, it's not cheap. I mean, you can go out and you can book a seat on Virgin Galactic and join their flights, and that will cost you uh, $250,000, I believe, which is about the price of a sports car, a small house if you're lucky in the UK. Mm. Um, but, but the thing about that is, although it's a big figure to a lot of people, there are still a lot of people who have that sort of money that they think, I'm gonna, I will pay this for a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Because when you look at it from that sort of concept, uh, you've never been able to do anything like this before. You can fly, you can jump out of planes, you can do all sorts of amazing stuff, but you have never been able to basically launch yourself into orbit and come back down again. That opportunity to experience weightlessness, 
to be able to look out of the window and see the planet in a way that you've never, ever seen it before. For some people, that's just too good an opportunity to miss. Yeah, and I suppose, I mean, that's the interesting thing here, isn't it? Is that Bezos talking after the the post-launch press conference from the successful flight was kind of, this is obviously, he was lost for words, but he kind of very much implied that this was just the start of the road to space. I mean, I think his idea is about mining the moon, isn't it? And, and things like that. How do you how do you see this? I mean, you've got to start somewhere, haven't you? Yeah, and I think that when people are looking back in 100 years time, they'll be looking back at this point and say, oh, that wasn't that cute? They just managed to uh, fire themselves up into the air for a few minutes and then come back down again. And it'll probably look quite primitive, but it is an important step to take that away from what is a massive government scheme and over to the realms of private individuals, because it kind of says, you know, anybody can do this. The experience is out there. The ability is out there. You know, they're using reusable rocket parts, which is you know a huge development and something that everybody's been you know working on, you know, especially Elon Musk with uh, with SpaceX. The the idea of launching something up into space and then instead of just discarding it to float around the planet for the rest of time, it's coming back down to Earth and then being repurposed and reused. So an important step, yes. But while that's all very exciting, I also understand the huge criticism around this, which is we're in the middle of a huge global pandemic. There are people suffering. Uh, We are facing an environmental crisis. There are so many things happening on this planet. Mm. And these individuals are spending vast amounts of money in what at the moment just looks like a commercial venture to have a little bit of fun for the super rich. Still to come, Cam gives us his verdict on the OnePlus Nord 2 smartphone. And of course, the, the fast charging is there. We've got Warp Charge 65, which can completely re- refill the phone in just over 30 minutes. But I think the, the probably the biggest talking point is that they've moved away from uh, Snapdragon. Ring started allowing you to answer your front door while you were out back in 2013. And since then, it's morphed into the security company it now is. In 2018, it became part of the Amazon family, and over the last five years, it's grown considerably, now offering a multitude of connected devices for seemingly every possibility around your home. But how does the company choose what to work on next, and how does Ring stop those offerings from becoming overly complex? I recently caught up with Dave Ward, the company's managing director for Europe, to find out more. And I started by asking him what makes Ring stand out from everyone else on the market. Yeah, I, I think I think the first thing for, for us at Ring is that we're on a mission to make neighborhoods safer. So, you know, we really have a purpose about what we're trying to do. And, you know, when you look at the product range that we've built, I think we've been very, very thoughtful around, you know, house types and setups. Um, and we've, we've built a range of products, not only the video doorbell, also cameras and alarms, um, but we've actually built a range of products that work for all types of homes. And I think that's really what differentiates us. We make a a very easy to install, easy to set up, easy to use product that you can you can buy and put on any home. Now, a lot of people uh, will see Ring as as a doorbell company first and foremost. But as you said, you know you're obviously venturing into the security arena. You've got alarms and cameras and, and things like that. Is to you is is it the same thing, or do you see yourself as a doorbell company first and foremost, or as a security company? I think I think it's a fair comment you make about the doorbell company. You know, we we clearly created a category of video doorbells, but it, you know, we see ourselves as, as that security company that can you know really connect your home to you wherever you are. 
um, and connect all those devices around the home to give you those sort of rings of security, whether it be outside of your home, inside of your home, you know, a wider field around your whole community. So, you know, we're very much about being able to connect all of those things for you. Now, there's lots of, as you say, there's, there's a doorbell for everything. And there feels like there's a doorbell for everything now, even if you've got more than just a door. So how do you, when I first started covering Ring uh, quite a few years ago, um, there was just one. And, and now there seems to be almost an, an unsurmountable infinite number of, of variations. Why so many? And do you think that has the potential to confuse people about which one they should go for in the first place? Um, you know, I think, it, I think it's, in, it's an interesting point. And when, when you look at it, when we created the business and we founded the, the company, um, you know, we created a battery doorbell, which was you know, very easy to install. But if you think about you know, homes, you only need to, to walk around your local neighborhood and you'll see different types of homes, whether you live in a, a detached home, whether you already have a powered doorbell, um, whether you live in, for instance, an apartment. Um, so, so there's def, definitely different types of homes. And the reason that we've got a varying range of doorbells um, allows you to install them on you know, any type of home. You know, we also cater for different price points with different features. Um, you know, we've just launched uh, our Ring Video Doorbell Wired, you know, our most affordable wired doorbell. Um, and, and it really gives you sort of the different levels uh, of, of both product, but also you know, capability for the home type you're in. So I, I don't think people find it confusing at all. I think actually they lean into the fact that there's something for their home type. Um, and it's quite an easy, uh, an easy product line to, to navigate. Now, I'm sure you'll uh, suggest otherwise, but it feels that, that sometimes that, that we might have reached peak hardware in the sense of, you know, we've the cameras have got better. Uh, there's now wired, there's now battery operated. Uh, where where could we go on on that? And and if you think we've reached peak hardware as well, is it, is it now just a shift towards towards software and making the devices more intelligent that way? Um, I think it's a combination to do it, to be honest. If you think about what we've done and what we've released for instance this year we added a, a great new hardware feature called bird's eye view which is 3d motion detection and it allows you to position um where people approach your property from um, so for instance if they come from somewhere that's out of sight let's say behind a bush for instance um, you'd be able to actually detect where they're coming from so we're like ad- enhancing motion detection I, I think both hardware and software will continue to to innovate and, and, and get better over time um, as we've seen history sort of dictate with lots of other industries. Um, the important thing, and, and this is where I think you know, Ring is really differs from, from a lot of other um, companies, is that you know, we're building everything based on customer feedback and we're building things that customers really start to value. Um, so we'll lean into where people want us to take uh, both the product lineup and obviously the features and the hardware over time. So you know, we're really excited for what can come in the future uh, as much as what we have right now on our product roadmap. And, and how do you go about dealing with that? Is it sometimes where you push the ideas and, and solutions onto people or is it fed, fed in from people going, oh, why can't it do this and why can't it do that? And, you know, I suppose there's sometimes you, with any product, there's the ability to say, well, we can do this and we can, we can do that. Um, oh, what about doing this? And then all of a sudden it's, it doesn't become the simple device that it once was. How, how do you stop that happening? Well, the interesting thing was the last point you said about making it simple and that's, that's absolutely what we have to do and we have to continue to keep doing and we think that we do. Um, you know, the important thing here is we, we both obviously innovate ourselves. We're always investing in technology and working on what we think could be a, a use as we go. 
But the thing that we have is we have neighbors, and that's what we call our customers all over the world that are giving us feedback, you know, hey, we'd like to use the product in this particular way, or how can I install it on this particular house or this particular doorbell setup? So we're taking a combination of both what we're obviously thinking and innovating on ourselves. But the important part is just continuing to take that, that feedback from customers. Um, you know, obviously, we, we work on those things that get prioritized uh, based on the amount of feedback that we get. Uh, and where we see the the you know the future of uh, that technology going. Now, one of the things that I've noticed using Ring doorbells and other products as well, and and, and friends and and other members of the team have, have commented as well, is that that sense of obviously you get motion alerts when when someone's walking up to your house and you know you've seen something, and that's really helpful until it's it's you, and you know that you've just taken the rubbish out, or you know that you're the one walking up to the house. How do you go about trying to to stop that i mean you know is it facial recognition is it something else uh, no no so i mean we've got a we've got a feature that we've launched called modes um which is really really useful for, for that so we have we have three um sort of modes that you can set your devices to and you can set your whole home um you know one is a, a mode when you're home and you can say well i'm home now and um, i don't want to be notified of those motion detection events um, but I do still want them recorded. Whereas when I set that mode to leaving the home, for instance, and being away and armed, you know, I say, well, actually, I want to receive those motion events and I still want to get the recording. Um, so we think that we have a way to do that, which is both simple for the customer to be able to understand, you know, and helps you to, you know, to your point, you know, get through some of the setups that might be unique to your situation um, to make it very simple for you to be able to uh, experience a better product. But do you think you'll get to a point where rather than me telling the doorbells that I'm home, that it will determine that I am home and then just automatically set that that solution for you? Well, we've got geofencing. Um, we've also launched, which uh, effectively allows you to be notified when you leave home and when you approach home and then set that mode very simply. And that's available um, right now. You know, I think as technology develops, we'll continue to keep innovating based on that feedback. You know, and I think that's the important part. It's, it's about what customers want and how they want to use their uh, their technology. You know, one thing they continually tell us is that they want simplicity and they want ease of use. Um, you know, a, a very typical customer of, 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 of rings is like my mom, for instance. Um, and she just wants that simple, easy to use uh, solution. So she really enjoys that mode. It's very simple. It's you know, three buttons, bang, bang, bang. I can, uh, I can detect, you know, set whichever mode I'm in very quickly. One of the interesting things that's on the horizon um, is Amazon Sidewalk. Certainly in the US, there's obviously some privacy concerns about Sidewalk, and it doesn't seem to be clear 100% what the advantages are. Ring is obviously involved in that because it's an Amazon company. How do you see it working? Well, I mean, Sidewalk's not available here in here in Europe. Um, the, the network itself will allow you to connect multiple um, types of devices and ultimately make it easier for those devices to work when connectivity uh, disappears. So we'll, we'll see how that, that develops over time. But it's a technology we're excited about. Um, we think it's got a lot of value for consumers over time. Um, so we'll see how, you know, as we start to roll that out internationally how that works. Now, one of the other things that's also on the horizon is, and getting a lot of chatter in the smart home world is uh, Thread and uh, the aptly named Matter, because obviously it matters. Uh, what's, what's Ring's stance on, on, on those two uh, protocols and, and sort of setups and systems? Well, yeah, I mean, we'll see how all of those things develop. Um, 
you know, I think there's there's definitely need for connectivity to be improved across all of these types of standards o- over the time. Um, so I think it's a it's a positive thing that we're starting to see in the industry. You know, we've always believed in continue to make things easy for people, and we already have you know integrations across things like Amazon Alexa, for instance. So you can take a Ring video doorbell, set that up, connect it into your Alexa system, and then ultimately then connect that onto other devices uh, relatively simply. So you know, again, it's one of those things that we'll we'll work on as we go based on customer feedback and understand where people want to take this. But it certainly certainly seems like a, an exciting uh, thing in the industry right now. And what do you think, you're saying that you work on the things that you think are interesting and, and excite people. What what do you see, where do you see it all going over the next couple of years? Well, I think whole homes are a very interesting concept. And you know, when I say whole home, about how do you connect your devices together to, to be able to keep yourself connected to your most valuable asset. And you think about think about the home generally, um, you know, w- when you think about innovation that's happened around technology, it's taken a number of years to get there. But when I leave the home now with my my setup with with Ring, you know, I'm always connected, whether I'm, you know, down at the supermarket just picking up the, you know, some some veg, I can always answer the doorbell. I can always see the state of my home. I can always check in on things that are, that matter to me. So I think you being able to connect those devices together and again make a very simple experience for people to be able to understand. You know, we'll continue to keep working on that, tying those things together because you know, it is about ease, it's about simplicity, you know, it's about making this you know straightforward for people. Because as soon as you make it complex, you know, people really then find that quite difficult. And, and we want to make this as easy as possible. And what do you think the biggest challenge is that you have to overcome as a as a business over the next sort of six months to a year? you know what what problem are you trying to solve at the moment that you think right get that it really is a game changer well when i mean problem's quite quite a strong word i mean what we're trying to do here is make it easy and i i know i keep going back to this simplicity piece um but that's the thing that we continue to keep pushing we continue to put the user in control continue to make it simple for the user to be able to get what they want out of their system and and you know why is that a thing that we want to overcome is that Everyone's very unique. You know, the, the world's very diverse. We all live in very different housing setups. We all, you know, use our home in a very different um, way. So we've got to make it very, very easy for people to, to configure their their setup so it works for them. Um, you know, and that's that's the one thing that we continue to keep working on. We have done since we, we founded the business and we'll continue to keep doing it. And it's, you know, it's something that drives us every day to push for a better customer experience. Now, one of the interesting things I was talking to uh, a recent podcast was the CEO and founder of Vamoof, and he was talking about uh, the electric bikes that that company makes actually mm. sort of going on to the next stage and, and turning into sensors so you could perhaps gauge the air quality around a city or you could see you know different track movement and things like that. Do you think there'll come a time where you put sensors into uh, the doorbell itself to perhaps, you know, check the air quality around a, a person's home or, you know, look at other things like a barometer to tell you what the weather is going to be like or things like that? Well, you know, it's, it's, an, it's a very it's a very interesting thought. You know, um, you know I think the, the point of the devices that we create are around security and we'll keep innovating in that space. It's about making your home as secure as we can, um, about making it simple for you to use. So you know, if those sort of things make sense in that in that context, it's certainly something we'll we'll explore and keep working towards. But um, you know, it, it has to be for us about making that that home as secure as possible. The OnePlus Nord was the sign of a new era for OnePlus. The once flagship only company was now making mid-range phones. 
The original Nord was there to show us that manufacturer could deliver great performance in a device that could cost half the amount of its top tier devices. And yes, it worked. Now for 2021, the Nord is back. And this time it set its sights on beating even OnePlus's own flagship devices. So should you consider it? Pocalint's Cam Bunton is here to tell us how he's been getting on with the new device the last couple of days. So big question here, Cam. Is it any good? Tell us the good bits. Yeah, the good bits. I mean, it's it's like we kind of sort of said in the introduction. It's sort of trying to distill that old feeling of OnePlus down into a phone that costs a lot less than the premium model. So it, it sort of has some of the key flagship features like a good main camera and a, a high-powered processor and a great screen, all in a phone that costs, what, this starts at about £399.00 which is a pretty good price when you look at it compared to like some of the top tier devices. And so how's it moved stuff on from the first one? Is it is it more of the same or is there some exciting things in here or not really? Yeah, I mean it's it's an evolution. It's not a groundbreaking change. I think there's a lot, when you pick it up and you feel it and you use it in your hand it still very much feels like a Nord. Um but the things that matter are things like the the primary camera sensor for instance being the same sensor that's in the OnePlus 9 Pro's ultra-wide camera. So you've got that wow. sort of top-tier Sony 50-megapixel sensor with big uh, pixels in it, so it, it draws in more light for better low-light performance. And, of course, the, the fast charging is there. You've got Warp Charge 65, which can completely re refill the phone in just over 30 minutes. But I think the, the probably the biggest talking point is that they've moved away from uh, Snapdragon, because for years, OnePlus phones used Snapdragon processors, but this one has a MediaTek processor in it. Um, I think, presumably, to get the costs down without impacting the performance at all. And and how does that figure? Does that, you know, is there things that you don't like? Or like, I, I know this is a mid-range phone, so you can't have everything. Yeah. Um, but, you know, is there some things you think, oh, they just, they still haven't got that right? Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, obviously, I've only used it for a couple of days so far, but the the key stuff is good. I mean, it's fast and fluid. Again, I have questions about the camera, but it's almost like you could write this before the phone's even announced. There's got to be something with the camera that's not mm -hmm. quite right. Uh, and in this instance, it's more to do with the fact that when you've got this ultra wide camera and the main camera, and then you compare the images, and they don't really look like. They, they're from the same camera, if that makes sense. The color balance is a bit different and, and the lower resolution ultra wide images look a little bit harsher in comparison to this fantastic primary sensor. And compared to the competition, I mean, this is this space is getting pretty, pretty aggressive now, isn't it? It is. I mean, we saw it last year. There was a lot of focus from so many manufacturers on that sort of lower mid, sort of high mid range sort of market that now appeared because all the flagship phones are getting so expensive now. But there's definitely competition. I think when you compare it to the flagship phones, the ones that cost more, it compares really, really well. Um, but then we've got the sub brands of Xiaomi, the likes of Redmi. And Poco are delivering phones with similar performance, but again, they they cost even less than this Nord. So, yes, it's great value for money, but also there's competition and it's cheaper. And so, overall, so far, feeling positive or kind of mm, not so sure? Yeah, I think feeling positive in general overall. Um, it's a very good phone at a very good price. It's just there's more competition now, so I think 
I think they'll sell lots of them. The the first Nord, I think, was their best-selling phone in Europe that they've ever launched. Um, so I, I can't imagine that this is going to be much different because people still want a great value phone. But I think as more people get more aware of these other brands, I think there will be competition. That's it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. Until next time, pip pip.